A lot of teams that like to junk it up, it's questionable how good they really are defensively. And that's why they play so much junk stuff. They don't trust any one thing defensively and they that doesn't really guard. But it's been working for them, for what they've played on their schedule, and uh, we'll see. I was happy, you know, I thought about changing to some of our junk defenses. I knew from their press conference they were prepared for the junk defenses. All right, welcome back to another edition of Boot Up, the LSU basketball podcast. Cody Worsham, Harrison Valentine, thanks to Cards and Culture for bringing you today's episode, all of our episodes of Boot Up, the LSU basketball podcast. Man, if you're a basketball fan and you don't go check out Cards and Culture, uh, you're absolutely missing out. They have all kind of stuff uh, for basketball fans, for card collectors, uh, culture pieces, art, gear, swag. It's an awesome place to be. Uh, so definitely go check them out. Visit them at cardsandculture.com. Harrison, how are we feeling today? A lot to unpack. We missed you at the PMAC on Tuesday. Yes, I was in Houston. Uh, I was in Houston enjoying uh, an interesting Texas Bowl. Um, but I was watching very closely the 65-60 win over Kentucky uh, which did a nice job of washing out the 70-55 to 55 loss at Auburn, the two games that we're going to focus on on today's episode. I got a little nervous, Harrison. What, what do they always say um, in the press box before every game? Like they make an announcement to the media about how you should behave in the press no box. No cheering or else you'll be kicked out. I violated that rule instantly. But well, I I will say the this was one of those games where it was hard to keep your composure in the press box. And shout out to Madison, our, our graphic designer, who, who does an incredible job for letting me nudge her a few times during that final minute. Wait, she was keeping you calm, or oh, you were yeah. keeping her calm? No, I was trying to keep my calm. Got you, so you were doing yes. the side nudge, yes. The side uh, nudge, I've yes. I've side nudged uh, many a uh, many a LSU employee in my day. Emily Dixon sits next to me uh, in football this year, so she's gotten a lot of my uh, my elbow, unfortunately. Um, Brandon Barrio's gotten it a time or two as well. Um, it's, part of the, it's part of the package. Um, but the rule... I think if we're being lawyerly, the rule is just don't cheer for the game that's happening in front of you in the press box. So while you may have been in danger, um, me at the Texas Bowl with the whole crew of of creatives that I was sitting with, um, I was celebrating uh, overtly, but I was celebrating a game that was on TV, not the game there. So I feel like I wasn't violating the spirit of the press box. You can still react all you want, though. I remember those 2019 football games when Burrow was running around. You had the (laughs) national media going like crazy in the sure sure it's 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 there's a line there's a line and some people have crossed it um i if i had been cheering that way for the football game in front of me they probably would have kicked me out however since it was the basketball game on tv i think uh i think they were okay with it what was before we get into the the storylines and the breakdown of the game and i'll be quite honest my analysis on this episode is probably going to be poor from a basketball perspective um, because i was watching that game while preparing for the texas bowl and so while i was watching it i wasn't doing sort of the way that i watch it normally which is x's and o's and rotations i was emotionally invested like a fan um from the television screen what was it like to be in the pmac will said when pinson slammed down that dunk it was the loudest he's heard it since he's been here what was that whole experience like I will admit it was like a what just happened type moment. Like I took my phone out to record and, you know, it all happened so fast. It was magical. And um, I said to myself, like, it was fitting that the PMAC was vintage on the night that yeah. that Dale Brown was. was the Deaf Dome was back. The Deaf Dome was back. How loud was it? 
it was as loud as I've heard it. Yeah. Since I've been here. The so. loudest, I think the loudest I've ever heard it was the Oklahoma game in 2015, 16, when Ben Simmons was here and, uh, and Buddy Heald um, was, was there for Oklahoma. And it got really loud at times that game. Um, Buddy did a nice job. Of I don't think it was quite a sell. I think there were some seats still open, but it was, it, it was as loud as I've heard it. It looked like a sellout on TV, which yeah. was um, which was cool to see. Um, we have a lot to talk about in this episode. We have a lot of sound bites to get to. We have a dispatch from Kent. Uh, I am ill prepared for this episode. I am prepared to boot up. It's rule number one, and I've, I'm following it. Um, I'm not as prepared as I like to be in terms of sound bites and stuff. Uh, Harrison, you did a, a great job cutting a lot of these sound bites for me. Normally, I like to cut them. I like to organize them in a folder. Uh, I like to have them ready to go all at the same time. Um, this episode, my prep has been bad just because getting back from the Texas Bowl, getting settled in. So no excuses. I will play through it, but I am going to allow you to sort of steer some of the things and then as sort of filibustering, I'll uh, cool. I'll pull up the relevant sound bites. But we have post-game sound from Will Wade after the win over Kentucky. Um, we have Colonel Kent's dispatch, like I said. That one I may need a little time as well to dial up the right buttons. Um, and then we've got uh, we've got some press conference audio from uh, from the opposition, which is uh, which do. is which is a new one on boot up. Usually I focus on LSU, but I think there's a storyline with this Kentucky game um, that we might want to revisit here with a uh, a pregame press conference from one of their assistant coaches. And I don't want to go too hard on it. Game's over. It's on to Tennessee, and I know that's where Will Wade's focus is. But makes the win a little bit sweeter. And I want to dabble in the petty just a little bit, just a little bit. It's all in fun. It's all in. In, uh, in, in the fun of the sport. Um, let's start, however, with one that wasn't so fun. LSU's 70-55 uh, loss at Auburn. And uh, what I'll say to start that off, and it looks, it looks great in the light of day after beating Kentucky, um, but I tweeted it right after the game, so I, th- there's receipts. My opinion on this LSU basketball team did not change one iota after that Auburn loss. Um, I think Auburn is uh, probably the best team in the SEC. Um, and I say that as an LSU uh, employee, I think they're a better team than LSU right now. LSU can get there. Uh, I think they're the best team in the SEC. I think it's the hardest environment to play in the SEC. I don't think there's a team in the country that goes into that arena uh, and wins more than one or two times out of ten. Like I just think they're that good. Um, you could take the very, very best team in the country, whether you think that's Baylor, um, whether you think that's – Duke or Gonzaga or whoever, like you could take the best team in the country and uh, and send them to that arena, and I think they would struggle. So um, I saw some things from LSU that we learned about, and they they need to fix and improve one, and they did some of that against Kentucky. But my opinion on them did not change, uh, no matter how ugly things were uh, in that Auburn game, and they were ugly, especially early. And you could tell that with Will Wade in the post game. I don't know if you you saw any of the in the, any of the footage. I but- did. He was not bothered, Bill. No, he he said, this is a quote, we're built on a rock-solid foundation. We've got good people. We played extremely hard tonight. We just didn't, you know, play with the discipline or, or make the shots. And, you know, it, it was a good learning experience for them. For most of the guys, like, it was their first, first real taste of an SEC environment, and that's a heck of a first taste to be be at Auburn. But um, Days and Wade both categorized it as a learning experience, and I think they were they were fully prepared to, Turn the page and, and get ready for Kentucky, and it, it was a disappointing loss, but not not terribly surprising. Other than uh, Days and Pinson, uh, every other player that played in that game for LSU, it was their first real taste of SEC play. Um, you also we haven't mentioned that Brandon Murray was out for that game, 
And, uh, and I have a theory on the importance of Brandon Murray to this team that I've had for a, a long time, and it's been very, very validated. Uh, by the last two games, the game he didn't play, they lose it on the road at Auburn, the game he did play. Uh, not only did they beat Kentucky, but I thought he was a massive part of what they did. Like, they're running we'll, – we'll get to that in a second, I guess. Uh, I don't want to put the, put the cart ahead of the horse. Um, but, yeah, Auburn got off to a, a very, very slow start. Uh, was it 18-1 at one point? Yeah, and you, you can weather those type of starts against – Louisiana Tech and Georgia Tech, but that's just something you cannot no not on the road afford yeah. to do on the road at Auburn, and they they know that they need to they need to start better, and um, they definitely did against Kentucky. Yeah, eleven of their first sixteen shots in that game uh, were threes. Uh, they missed all eleven of those threes. Um, learning opportunity. This is not a three point shooting team. It's funny I tweeted there in the game like LSU. I think gets like. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but I can pull up the latest stats. So they are 250th nationally in three-point shooting percentage. They get uh, 27.3% of their points from three. That's 275th in the country. And they take uh, threes on 35% of their possessions. That's 248th in the country. This is not a team that lives by the three. And yet, for some reason, early in that Auburn game, they wanted to die by the three. Um, and, of course, as soon as I tweeted something to that effect, like they hit their next two yeah. threes. I think, like, it, Reed hit one and Days hit one. And... Um, that, that's not who they are, though. Even even though those shots fell, that's not who this team is. They are a beat-you-in-the-paint team. They're a defensive-oriented team. And uh, the problem is, is like when you're that bad offensively, it affects your defense, too. Not that LSU's defense wasn't good against Auburn, but I think they give up like 55 points a game. They give up 70 in that game. Um, when you're that bad offensively and you have to keep uh, – <laughs> you, 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 you don't get the opportunity to take it out of uh, – or make the opponent take it out of their net – and your, your defense gets back and set, or you don't get to the free throw line and you get the opportunity to set up your defense, um, it takes a toll on you, and it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to get out of a hole that big that you dig. Yeah, and it definitely showed a ton of guts, too, for them to come back from that 18-1 to start. The game had, like, a weird vibe to me, because even though they would cut it close to six, uh, you know, they had those two runs where they would cut it close to six, it just felt like their offense wasn't in sync. The, 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 de- the deficit felt much larger than... Than it was. Yeah, the only thing that they had going for them offensively was was Pinson. They, they, or, or they were at their best when Pinson was sort of probing and driving and um, getting in the paint and playing. Eric Gaines had his worst game of the season. Um, he had six points, four rebounds, five turnovers, but his plus minus, I could pull up the numbers here, was was uh, as bad as it's been all, all year. I think it was in the minus 20s. And those numbers were a little bit inflated because he hit, I think he had a three late and got a couple free throws late. Um, but it, it, it wasn't going for anybody. You know, Tari ended up with 11 and seven. Um, he was probably their most reliable offensive option, but um, Walker Kessler just was was a, was a problem. And they credited him with a triple double in the end. They gave him that that tenth rebound. So he had eleven blocks, sixteen points, ten boards. It, look, he's a great player. Like he he might be the SEC Player of the Year so far. Um, LSU did themselves no favors going up against him. Didn't play off two feet the way that they were, the way that was part of the game plan. And that's why the word after the game was discipline. Like, the, the game plan was correct. The game plan was what it needed to be. They knew what they needed to do, too. And they did it. You know, Pinson did it better than anybody. Um, but you have to develop that discipline. And Pinson's developed it because he's a fourth-year guy. Gaines hasn't quite gotten there yet. Um, some of the other guys, the younger bigs, haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, and so it was a wake-up call for them. I think one thing we should definitely talk about from that game justice is Justice Williams' debut. Poetic justice. Poetic justice. Uh, the, the I've got a lot of justice tweets in my back pocket. Justice that was, has been served. That was the the first one that I uh, I threw out there, but um, what a name. But what a player, man. He, he came in seven points. Again, a, a game where the numbers don't quite do it justice. 
Uh, oh, that was that was accidental. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was accidental, but uh, I will take it. Um, the the numbers don't do his performance justice. He um, was bet like I think his plus minus was the most the the closest to positive on the team. I think he was like minus one or something. Everyone else was minus eight, nine, ten, fifteen, whatever. A um, couple of huge buckets to keep LSU. Huge buckets. He had one with his back to the basket that yep. he backed down. He had three off the and dribble. To get thrown into the fire like that for your first game in you know. What do they call it? The jungle. Yeah, that 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 was an impressive impressive. Showed real composure. He's got you. You can always sense like your first impression of a player is always. Um, it's not always a hundred percent right, but you can learn a lot from it. Uh, I used to say this about like Jalen Cook last year, like um, that the way he played caught my eye. Like guys will catch your eye, and so like Fudge. What's the first impression you had of Fudge? Freak athlete. Jumps makes, out of the gym. Jumps out of the gym, makes a ton of plays, high energy. Like that's that's who he is. Your first impression of game dunk, fudge hat. He just took it to the uh, you know baseline, just almost flew out of the building. There's a uh, beautiful photo from Gus Stark uh, of that dunk, and then another dunk. I think Fudge had a couple dunks in the Kentucky game, and it, it almost looks like the LeBron uh, D Wade photo. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's stellar. But like your first impression of Gaines, uh, playmaker guy that can do some really special things, but kind of erratic at times. Uh, hot and cold, right? Uh, I think your first impression of Justice Williams is a composed, calm, cool, collected player carries over. I think you saw maybe saw it a little bit against Kentucky. Again, I was watching that one more as an emotional fan and with a less analytical eye. Um, but I, I thought his debut was important, especially on a team that loses Adam Miller to start the season. You had Gaines struggling in the Auburn game. You had Brandon Murray out. Like you've got to have some backcourt depth and reliability. And to have him there, like, it would have been great if he redshirted, I guess, but I think they abandoned that plan a long time ago. And uh, for him to get back and, and start making the impact that he has already, uh, especially at Auburn in a uh, in a tough environment. Um, he only he played 24 minutes at Auburn. Uh, only played six minutes against Kentucky, but came in, uh, made a bucket, uh, had a free throw, had a rebound, didn't turn the ball over. He's only got one turnover through 30 minutes of play. Like, he's a, he's a real solid option for LSU. Uh, it, it won't be a massive role for him, but it's an important role. Jabari Smith was pretty smooth, too. Oh, man. He, he, I saw a comp. I think it was Rothstein who said he was like the Kevin Durant of Yeah, it's a good comp. I, I see it. I mean, he was he he hit some shots that, you know, shots you can't do anything about as a defender. Was it his first? So that, that was the – I had actually taken some notes after the Auburn game because we wanted to do a, a podcast. I just didn't have time last week. Um, one of the points that I was going to make is, like, the importance of the alpha. Right, like the, what you saw against Auburn was a true alpha in Jabari Smith, who did not play his best game. In fact, it might have been his like his worst game of the year in terms of like offensive rating. I'll pull, I'll pull up his chart from Ken Palm. He's he's had a couple uh, below that. In fact, against South Carolina, he only had ten points uh, in in his most recent game. Um, but it was one of his like less dynamic offensive performances. He's had some twenty point games, twenty four against UConn. Um, 20 against UCF. Like, he's, he's had some 20-point games. Um, he still finished with 16. Some super frustrating shots where, as a defender, you're just, you're, like, on him like glue, and then he just turns around and splash. I think it was his first three. It was off the dribble going to his left, and he shot it like um, like Jordan used to shoot, like, the, the pull-up from 15 feet. It, it, it looked like Kevin Durant. It looked like Kevin Durant shooting off the dribble from three. I was like, there was only one player on the court that could make that shot. The last possession of the first half. The, the only one player on the court could make the uh, the play that he did, and he he did that probably four or five times in the game. Yeah, and in a game that LSU was able to get to six at time at times, that deflating, was the difference. Deflating that, shots. yeah, and I think what you saw from LSU during that eighteen one stretch 
their options are limited when they're not clicking offensively. Um, when Auburn's not clicking offensively, give it to Jabari, get out of the way, he'll go make something happen. Um, in the past with LSU, hey, give it to Tremont, get out of the way, let things happen. Give it to Skyler, give it to Javante. This year, they don't have that piece yet. It's mostly been Tari Eason's job. And while he's done it really well, he's best sixth man in the country, um, I don't think that that I, – I think there's something to the the guard playmaker um, that can have that ability as opposed to just the the the, the brute force uh, freak of nature that, that Tari Eason is. Not that he doesn't have tons of skill to his game – but he, he's not really a playmaker for others yet. He, he, I think he can't. He's done it at times this year. He did it against Kentucky. He had a really nice, at the end of the game, drop-off. He, so he's still developing that. Jabari Smith ha, is that right now. Um, and well, so I, yeah. I think you saw that against, in, in the Auburn game. For LSU, I think they had 11 turnovers between their two point guards. And they couldn't. Three assists, yeah. They couldn't get anything going down low either. So that's just you know not a recipe for, for, for victory. Okay, that's enough talk about that garbage game. At Auburn, let's talk about LSU's win over Kentucky. Uh, you know, we we never did the dispatch from Kent. We'll we'll save that for the end because I got to do a little. Uh, cool. I got I got to do a little um, post prod on that. Uh, okay, so the Kentucky win. I'm not going to start with the pre LSU press conference from uh, from the assistant coach, but just know that it it was a storyline coming into the game. Maybe I should start there. Let it rip. Okay, let's let it rip. So. Some of you know this by now. Most of you know this by now. If you listen to the Will Wade show on, uh, was that Wednesday night? Yeah, it was last night. Um, if you listen to the Will Wade show on Wednesday night, you heard him talk about this a little bit. If you listen to his post-game press conference after LSU beat Kentucky, you probably uh, heard some references to it. If you read Tiger Droppings, you probably saw something about it. So um, a, a Kentucky assistant uh, had a pregame press conference, and not for the first time in a pregame press conference, an opponent took a couple shots at LSU, and I'm not sure if this was intentional. I'm not sure if it was an oversight. You know, sometimes there's locker room talk and there's practice talk, but maybe that shouldn't be for the public. But regardless, there were some comments made um, particularly about uh, LSU's defense, which, look, I understand criticisms of this LSU team, and I understand, um, you know, going into a game if you're an opponent – Let's say you're a Kentucky fan. You're like, well, I'm not convinced about this LSU team. There's a number of areas that if you'd have been critical of, I'd have been like, that's fair. Like, offensively, they don't terrify me. Well, LSU's 84th in offensive efficiency. That makes sense. Um, Their guards turn it over a lot. I think we'll we'll be able to take advantage of that. Well, they don't turn it over a lot, but they can have moments where they're turnover prone. They're 206th in the country in turnover percentage. Okay, I, I, I see that. The defense. Ain't one of them. Defense ain't one of them. Here's a stat that I think you'll see turned into a piece of content from LSU basketball uh, shortly. I ran the numbers, Harrison. LSU's Ooh, you defense. Got your own colorful chart. Like look I at do. this colorful chart. Beautiful. I might share it on, at some point. Uh, I crunched the. Uh, I didn't crunch. I just went through Ken Palm and looked at the best defenses of the Ken Palm era, which goes back to the 2001, uh, 2002 season. So 20 seasons or 20 years. LSU not only has the best defense in the country this year. LSU has the best defense in that entire time period. The best one. In fact, they're the best one by a wide margin. Like since Ken Palm is... Since Ken Palm was born. Wow. Or, or all the data that Ken Palm uses, which goes back to 0102. And it's by a wide margin. Now, I get it. It's the middle of the season. They've only played two conference games. 
um, those numbers could change. But listen to this. LSU's raw defensive rating, so points given up per 100 possessions, 76.7. Nobody else is below 84. The, the, the next lowest one I see is, uh, sorry, Stephen F. Austin at 84.3 in 2012-13. Do you remember, uh, I think it was the first press conference of the season, Days was addressing the media, and he was like, we can play defense, guys. Like, and we were like, like the media was like laughing a little bit. He's like, no, like we can actually like we're 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 a defensive team this year. As Mawani Wilkinson said, we really do this defense. Yeah, so it's pretty cool to look back on that uh, adjusted defensive rating. So that was raw, right? You heard me mention Stephen F. Austin. Okay, they didn't play as tough a schedule that year as say Louisville, who was number one in adjusted defensive efficiency at eighty four point eight. Ken Palm does this metric where he adjusts it based on the quality of your opponent. LSU's adjusted defensive rating this year, which puts it on the same caliber as everyone else, no matter what the schedule they've played is. 82.7. By far the best of the Ken Palm era. The next closest is Memphis in 2008-09 at 84.2. Sorry, Texas Tech in 1819 at 84.1. No one else is at 83. LSU's at 82. So, like, if you're looking at it in terms of a percentile like LSU's in the 99th percentile 100th percentile of the 100th percentile like this is the best defense statistically of the Ken Palm era and so when Kentucky's assistant coach comes out and is critical of LSU's defense um, it makes it uh, interesting to me and this is a long clip so pardon the length but I think it's worth listening to uh, to the whole thing and I believe this is the the correct. I think that they scramble the game up, right? They play a bunch of different defense. They're going to press. They're going to go 2-2-1. Two, two, they're going to go tandem. They're going to go diamond after free throws. They're going to go 1-3-1 one, one in the three-quarter half court to a 2-3. They scramble the game up. They got a bunch of length, uh, a lot of athleticism. They play for steals. They get a lot of tips and deflections. Um, and so with all of their half-court switching with multiple guys who are similar in size, uh, it kind of stuns a lot of t- stun a lot of teams and kind of stump you a little bit in terms of your flow and pretty uh, complimentary so far the, to the rim and getting to the, Just the paint they outscore teams in the paint by plus 20 um, okay so it's all nice so far wait. i think that because of all of those ingredients in terms of the personnel that they have um they scramble the game up but oh here we go we're not afraid of that and that that's not gonna stop us from playing at our pace and doing what we do we're on attack. As soon as we get off the plane, off the bus, we're on attack mode. So uh, they're a good defensive team. We'll see. A lot of teams that like to junk it up, uh, Jerry, it's questionable how good they really are defensively. And that's why they play so much junk stuff because junk stuff? Uh, they don't trust any one thing defensively and they, they doesn't really guard effectively. But it's been working for them from what they've played on their schedule. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how that. We'll affects us. We're not going to allow for it to affect us, though. We're going to be in attack mode. Okay. So that was one clip, and it was a lengthy clip, uh-huh. but I th- I think it speaks for itself. Do you have the other? I have a couple more. Ones? You may play a couple more. Play one more. Obviously, that's kind of what you got to be used to uh, playing here and coaching here is that uh, the opposing teams, when you're on the road, are going to try to do whatever they can do to muster up energy, to muster up uh the crowd to 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 try to give themselves an advantage uh, to win the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is playing uh, and beating Kentucky. So uh, I understand the mentality. Our mentality is that uh, we're going on the road to get some road kill. Hmm. So 
he's actually right about the first point. Teams do build up Kentucky to be the biggest game of the year. We did have the Dale Brown court naming it half uh, at halftime. Um, and they they are the standard bearer of the SEC. There's no question. Um, I think where it crosses the line is uh, is the junk defense comment. And I think LSU took that personally. Uh, Will Wade had some comments in his post-game press conference. Did you clip that one? Yeah, yeah, Cody. I'll, I can go pull, I can go pull yeah, that yeah. up. Pull up the soundbite about expectations. I think this is a good segue. It was definitely something that stood out to me. Will Wade had a great quote post-game. It's just another example of how you know, Wade's changing. Oh, you texted me that one. I can pull it up through there. Oh, okay, yeah. He's, he's changing the culture around the program, bringing a winning mindset back to LSU basketball and being happy about the wins, but also acting like, you know, you've been there before. But, I mean, the reality is, guys, like, we've got a good team, too. Like, I'm not, you know, there's no reason. I mean, the problem is around here we act all crazy when we do stuff, but, like, we should expect. We should, we should have high expectations. Like, we should have high expectations. That's part of our problem. Because we don't have high expectations. And so we, you know, you got to have high expectations. I mean, it's a game we, you know, we expect to win at home. Now it'd be different when we go there. But it's a game if you're going to contend at the top of the SEC, you got to, you got to um, hold court at home and you, and, and, and you got to win home games. So, you know, I know everybody gets off on beating them and, and, and that's great. And it was a good win for us. But I mean, Tennessee's, you know, just as good, and we play them on Saturday, so we gotta, we gotta move forward, we gotta move forward quickly. But our expectation here is to win at the top of the SEC, and if you're gonna do that, you're gonna win some big games at home, and and you know, this was certainly one of those. Yeah, so that's Love LSU's that. getting to that point. They've they had the most wins in the SEC over the last three seasons. Um, still not quite respected at that level. You have to sustain it to get there. Um, but it was interesting to uh, to take a couple of shots at LSU's defense. Um, those shots did not age well. They never would have aged well, man. Like LSU could have lost that game to Kentucky. It would not been have been because of their defense. And there were moments where Kentucky got hot. Kellen Grady made a bunch of threes. I was yelling at the TV, guard Grady. That's all he does is shoot. Um, but for the most part, LSU's defense was excellent in this win over Kentucky. One of the things that I've enjoyed doing at these games is just singling out a player like Mawani and just watching him play defense for a couple of possessions. Like I tweeted this during the game, Toppin had a great game, but like there were, you know, in the second half, Mawani was on him like glue. He made, he made life hard. And it sorry, was, you heard me send a text yeah. there. I apologize. Um, so just, you know, singling out Mawani or, or Gaines and just watching them play defense fudge. Like it's, it's, it's cool to see them, you know, make life hard for that's for, that is a fun way to watch a game is yeah. just watch Milwaukee Wilkinson play defense. Um, th- th- that was never going to be the the issue for LSU. Um, I think we can zoom in a little bit on some of the things that happened in the game. The first big storyline was to me was severe uh, Wheeler going out early uh, on a clean screen by Efton Reed. Uh, I know Calipari wasn't happy about it. You could tell in the broadcast that he was saying watch the tape, and then they instantly showed a replay, and it was a clean screen. Did and he J- hit his head on the f- on like? Or just got. I'm not sure how he got hurt. I, I I don't know for sure if he if it was the impact of the screen or falling on the ground. Uh, I I don't know for sure. But he was clearly clearly sh- uh, shaken up. But Jay Billis even said on the on the broadcast he was like that's a, that's a clean screen. Yeah. Like that's a that's a good screen. If anything, his teammate should be yelling that there's a screen coming, so that he uh, he knows it's coming. Um, but that that changed everything because he makes Kentucky's offense go. Uh, Wheeler, the Georgia transfer, he was phenomenal at Georgia last year. He is uh, first in the SEC in uh, assist rate. Uh, he's 16th in the country in assist rate. Last year he was 11th in the country in assist rate, third in the SEC. Um, he is the guy through which their offense flows. 
And so the second that he left the game, uh, it was naturally an advantage for LSU. On the flip side, LSU got Brandon Murray back for this game. And what stood out to me, and look, I'm, I, and I think what we'll do actually is on this episode, let's play that interview that I did with Brandon Murray um, a couple of weeks ago. When I sat down with that interview, so here's my, my Brandon Murray story. So the first time I went to watch practice this year, I went in there, he hit everything he shot. I mean, just knocked down three after three after three, and then was guarding his tail off on defense. Second practice I went to, he hit everything he shot, was guarding his tail off on defense. Um, third practice I went to, he was hitting everything that he shot and was guarding his tail off on defense. And I was like, this dude is a stud. And one of those practice, Adam Miller was there. And then after that was, I think, when he got hurt and, and um, Brandon Murray was, was, was practicing and Adam Miller was not. And so the first impression I had of him was like, man, I don't know if this kid's going to have like a big role this year because he's probably the backup too, but he's a stud. And the next two practices, he was being a stud and, and inserted in the starting lineup. And so the – and. One of those practices, he after the practice ended, he went around and shook everyone's hand in the entire gym. Him and Days, so Days went and shook hands with everybody. I know Days. We you know talked quickly, and then he came and introduced himself to me, and we spoke. Very friendly, very cordial. I was impressed. Okay. Well, then fast forward to this interview. I'm interviewing all the freshmen. I sit down with Brandon Murray. I think it's it's after they had gone through like a little workout or something. He sits down, and I'm telling you, he was ready to go. He was ready. Yeah, he had that sound bite, like we're, we're out for blood, right? He's Yeah, he, that, I, that's why I asked him. I was like, do you guys smell blood in the water? Because, like, I could – he had this face on, like, okay. I, don't, I don't know if it's about to go down, but, like, if it's about to go down, I'm ready to go. Like, if I got to go put my, my, my sneakers on right now and play, I'll play. Uh, if you want to put on some gloves and box, we can box. And it wasn't, like, a, like an intimidating thing. It was just this aura he gave off of, like, man, this dude is – this dude is competitive. This dude is yeah. – this dude wants to go. Like he he has a he has a motor. Um, great he, interview. Super yeah. friendly kid, personable, but competitive as hell. And so I think LSU missed that against Auburn. But he comes back for Kentucky. He guards his tail off in that game. He makes some shots, two or three from three, ten points. And they're running offense through him, Harrison. He's coming off pin yeah, downs. That first three that he hit really set the tone. I thought he looked great out there. He really proved that like how worth like how much his worth is. And he did a little bit of everything. Like he. Provides you another another threat from fr- uh, from three. He's a monster, you know, on defense. And you know that 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 first three out of the gate was was a tone setter. He there. I mean, there. It, it's not just that he's a threat. Like they were they were using him as a primary weapon. He ended up fouling out in the game, and I didn't watch closely enough to see how much of the flow of the game he was in, how much he wasn't out. But there, there were times where they were running stuff through him. And you look at some of his numbers in the best games this season against LSU's tier A and B opponents on Ken Palm, their, their toughest games of the season, shooting 40% from three, shooting 53.2% effective field goal percentage. I know his defense has been elite, 83% from the line. Like, this this kid's a play. I feel the same way about Brandon Murray that I did as about days as a freshman, where I was like, man, this kid, this is the perfect college basketball player that's going to stick around for a while and be an impact player in the program and slowly grow and develop his role. But, like, the way that I felt about Days, like, let me pull it up. Days played 35.5% of available minutes his freshman year in a role player. Brandon Murray's playing 66.5% of available minutes for LSU this year, and that number is skewed because of the game that he missed. Like, he's he's probably LSU's minutes per game leader right now. He's a big part of the future, but he is a – big part of the present too for LSU and I think you saw how important he was this week in the game that he missed 
how they struggled, the game he comes back, and how important he was. On the topic of big performances, do you want to pull up the Gaines soundbite? Yes. Shout out, shout out to Gaines, man. So we've talked about Murray. Definitely shout out to Gaines. Uh, shout out to Shea Dixon, probably the biggest Eric Gaines fan on the planet. I was sitting with him watching the game. I know Shea was feeling down after Gaines' uh, struggles at Auburn. Um, and you heard, but, in but the, he was fired up watching Gaines go off against Kentucky. Yeah, you heard in the press conference, Brandon Murray, Coach X, they were all so quick to, you know, lift him up and, and be happy for him and his performance. And he really stepped up after a, after a tough go at Auburn. And ironically, it was some. Oh, there's the. It's um, more text, but these these are these are actually both basketball texts. Really, I'll interrupt you. The first one was Dave Haskin, our uh, master of hats, is what Wade has called him. Um, but our, our marketing guy, and he said, when are you posting the next Boot Up podcast this afternoon? Will it be posted before Tennessee? Just trying to cover every corner to push ticket sales. Got some tickets available. I just saw They're him They're moving. He, he was just out here. He was probably him. coming to talk to me about ticket yeah, sales. I just told him we were So go to lsutix.net and buy your, ga- your tickets for Tennessee game because um, while we are selling tickets, soon we will no longer be selling tickets because they're going to be sold out. I'm making a bold prediction here. Y'all are going to go push it over the edge and sell us out for Tennessee. We've got to pack the P-Mac to get a raucous atmosphere like we yep. did against Tennessee. The other one is from uh, Garrison Floyd, video master for, uh, uh, not to be confused with Harrison Valentine, but Garrison Floyd, our, our video guy that does the gold standard. And he just said he uploaded new, 20 new men's basketball gifts to the Giphy page Ooh, for LSU. So nice. I know I know you're a big gift guy, Harrison, so mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, I interrupted you. You were talking about gains. So I was talking about gains, and I was like – Ironically, it was a couple of massive threes that kind of got him going after, you know, he, he went like, what, 0 for 21 from three? Yeah, he had missed, uh, he had missed a bunch in a row. Um, and it was the couple of, couple of massive threes, handful of steals uh, that were critical, and you, you knew he'd bounce back. Like, he's a big-time player. Like they said, he's a big-time player who, who made some big-time plays in a, in a big-time game. Yeah, let me, let me pull up that gain sound. We have a little bit of a technical issue, Harrison, to where you and I can hear the uh, the audio on this podcast um, as we're recording it. I don't think it's recording to the file, so I have to go back and post and okay. add this. But um, we'll just have to remember where each one is. But here's uh, as I get another text message from Dave Haskin who said yes, please. Uh, so already already one step ahead of you, Dave, uh, if you're listening, and I know he is because he's a loyal listener. Here is uh, Eric Gaines, or, or excuse me, we'll wait. We'll wait talking about Eric Gaines. Proud of Eric, man. You know he's he's had a rough rough time down at Auburn. And uh, man, he's he, he really rallied the last three or four days. He had some really good practice. Thought he played well. I thought Justice Williams gave us good minutes in the first half. You know, I, I thought those guys, I thought those guys did a, um, I thought those guys did a did, did a nice job. So, really proud of Eric. You know, he hit he hit a big three for us. He hit two big threes for us. Um, but you know, he's been working, and when you work and you do the right stuff, um, you know, good things happen. And I thought I thought he did a really nice job. I've been calling. Xavier Pinson, the X factor for this team. Part of it is because his name starts with an X and it's convenient and it's an easy tweet. But I, I really believed it earlier. I, I, and I, I still agree generally that um, as the guard play on this team goes, so goes the team. I don't think it's fair to call Xavier Pinson an X factor anymore. I'm going to keep calling him that on Twitter just to, again, to keep the, the branding consistent. Um, he's so consistent. And I don't know if an X factor can be a consistent guy. Like, here's his last few games. 11 points, 4 assists. 13 points, 3 assists. 17 points, 5 assists. 10 points, 2 assists. 
15 points, four assists. Like he's he's basically going to get you double figures and then around four to six assists a game. Um, I think Gaines might be the actual X factor in terms of as he goes, so goes the team. He, his ceiling is the team's ceiling. His floor is the team's floor. When and he it, plays his best, LSU plays their best. Yes. And he played his best for large stretches of that Kentucky game um, and was huge in sparking the comeback in what he was doing defensively. Um, he probably had, I need to pull up the stats again, the best plus minus of anybody on the team um, for that game. How many? You have four, like what, four steals? Four steals. Um, could you feel the energy in the arena turn oh, as, yeah. he, as his performance improved? 100%. Those type of things, like, Gaines feeds the crowd. Because there was a couple of steals at the end there, like at half court. There was that one at half court that he almost picked off. Um, he's just got like a defensive back, like an eye like a defensive back. Anthony Hickey-esque, if you will. That was a little bit before your time, Harrison, uh, here at LSU. No, no, that I was an LSU basketball I, I, I know, I, I know you remember Anthony yeah. Hickey, uh, who was probably the, 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 the great steel artist before Tremont Waters. And now Gaines has that on lockdown. Plus 14 um, for Eric Gaines uh, in this game after going, was it minus 23 against Auburn? Um, he, he was such a huge difference maker. Three of six from the field, two of two from three, hit both of his threes. One of those threes was from Lafayette. And it was 50-41 at that point. And he sparked the, well, did yeah. he spark the, the big run? Well, me, I told you I at some, point, yeah, at some point in the notes. game, I, I So yeah, they were, LSU was down three. I think it was, what, 50 to 41? Or something like yeah, that, and he hit a down three. Nine. So at that moment, you're down nine in the second half. Things, you know, not looking great. And he hits that three, which kind of snowballed, and it led to the Tari plus one that really got the crowd going to cut it to, you know, four. So that three really was was massive in the game. When uh, when before he hit the three, LSU had a twenty one point two percent chance of winning the game. It went to 27.3% after hitting that shot, a 6.1% difference in one shot. And if you look at the Ken Palm chart that I've got pulled up here, you can see like this right here at the top is where Kentucky was very likely to win the game. And as soon as he hits that three, it is a downward trend to uh, toward LSU from a 21.2% chance of winning the game for LSU to a 98.5% chance Um very, very close to the end of the game. So uh, a 22 run for LSU. And Gaines' three might have snapped. I don't think it snapped the 16-2 uh, to two run, but it was on the heels of a 16-2 run and sparked LSU's own 20-2 to two run. So there's that spurtability again. Add it to the chart. Add it uh, to the chart. By the way, text message update from Dave Haskin. It's trending toward the largest crowd of the season, but we want to sell out. Kentucky was the largest crowd at nearly 12,000 people awesome. there. So if we can get a, a 12,000 or more uh, in the PMAC, I'll be excited. I'll tell you what, if you go to the game and tweet us a picture, tweet me and Harrison a picture of you, like your tickets or maybe not your tickets. That sounds like a security issue. Like maybe when you're sitting in your seat and you just take a picture of the PMAC and you tag us, we will retweet it. I know that's the incentive that will push the crowd. For sure. A retweet from Cody and Harrison. <laughs> what, what more could you ask for? Um, what other topics do we need to cover well, the with close? Kentucky? The close of the game. Ah, the coup de gras, so, if you will. Yeah. The coup de gras. So, do I need to explain I'm the be reference? Honest. You can explain it. Coup de gras. It's probably the what is the terminology? Coup de gras for them. Um, I think that for us, it's it's another game for us to continue to get better every day. Obviously, they're doing a a bunch of hype stuff. They're they're 
naming the court out of coach Dale. Uh, they're also doing a deal for him at the halftime. Uh, similar to what they did at, at Notre Dame. Obviously that's kind of what you got to be used to, uh, playing here and coaching here is that, uh, the opposing teams when you're on the road are going to try to do whatever they can do to muster up energy, to muster up, uh, the crowd to, to, to try to, give themselves an advantage uh, to win the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is playing uh, and beating Kentucky. So, but I was talking to Madison when the – it was LSU had a nine-point lead at that time, and it quickly evaporated. And Yeah, the six-minute game was going well until about 2.30 left in the game. And then I couldn't – I told Madison, I was like, I can't help but see, like, shades of – Texas Tech happening right now, mm. and, and you know what Remember she said. That well. You know what she said. She's like, I'm, I'm not claiming that energy right now. <laughs> like, we, we cannot. So claim, Madison's the real MVP we here. We cannot claim this energy. And <laughs> was it, that, that was last year, huh? Mac McClung yeah. and oh yeah, it yep. And thankfully they were able to close it out. But as Will Wade said, too close for comfort. Gotta 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 close. The LSU's had this um, this ability to thrive in chaos. Now, sometimes they haven't thrived, as you mentioned with Texas Tech, but they tend to just get it out the mud to use their terminology. They tend to turn it into a brawl, man, and they're they're good brawlers. Um, it was it was a little bit of a mess there at the end. That's where you need your guard play to step up and, and um, put the game to bed. They missed a couple free throws, I think, that really kick-started it for Tennessee. Was it was it Pinson that missed them? Who missed the free throws? I'm not I'm not singling out anybody for um, to blame them. But there was a pair of free throws missed at the end that um, I think from a pretty reliable free throw shooter. We should know this off the top of our heads. I, I have an excuse. I was getting ready for the uh, the Texas Bowl and the John Trey Kirkland show. Um, I don't remember. Let's see. I think Maybe. it was Pinson. I think it might have been Pinson because he finished one, uh, four of eight. Nope. That's Yeah, he finished 0-2 from the free throw line. And he's an 80% th- uh, free throw shooter. So that I'm, I'm not super concerned about that aspect, but you want to see this team uh, close things out. Uh I, f- I feel like we've covered what we need to cover, and I have a meeting in three minutes. What else do we, we talk uh, quickly about the uh, bother bill before halftime? You can, because you, you're the one that sent me the clip. That was as for for a coach that's as animated as anybody in the country. That might have been as mad as I've ever. You're seen. talking about halftime when he was upset about. Well, it was to- when Toppin hit a three, right? Yeah, yeah, and for good reason. That 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 bucket could have been a consequential bucket down the stretch. Yeah, and. Toppin grabbed the rebound, was uncontested, unguarded, um, and, and knocked it down and, as time expired. And and then Will got oof, he got angry. Yeah, with with justification. He is. Um, I just want to. I want to say this for the record. As angry as he looks, I think Will Wade is m- usually in control of his emotions, and he's doing that f- intentionally. So, at the time, that felt like a massive bucket. It. I mean, yeah. It, it's. I mean, I wasn't happy. I was at. I was. Uh, I was, but he was in a, a suite at the time. He was a happy camper in the post game. He was. He was happy after the game and with good reason because uh, LSU uh, had good wins over uh, a good win over Kentucky. Hopefully, they get a good win over Tennessee coming up. The, the stretch doesn't get any easier. We're light on the preview today. Um, Tennessee was in a dogfight with Ole Miss last night, and over time, they ended up winning sixty six sixty. They have uh, they're one one in the conference. They lost to Alabama in their opener. Um, I think they were shorthanded in that game. Uh, I don't know what their personnel is going to look like. Um, for this one, Fulkerson is kind of their their main man in the middle, another big man that uh, LSU will have to contend with. They have uh, Santiago Viscovi, who's an experienced point guard, shoots it well from three. Um, Josiah Jordan-James has been there forever as kind of a role player that can 
they can uh, make an impact. They're they're a very good, uh, very very good basketball team, uh, especially defensively. This is probably the two best defensive teams in the country. Um, certainly, the two best defensive teams in the SEC. They're second in uh, adjusted defensive rating. LSU is first in adjusted defensive rating. Uh, the home game and home atmosphere should be beneficial to LSU, um, but it's a big one, and uh, and we need you to be there. So I, I don't know, Harrison. Any other thoughts on Tennessee? Because I got ahead of this two no, meeting. We did have a couple of of rates on and reviews on. Oh, did new we? Ones after after maybe it was me. Maybe it was my uh, send off. Well, do time. it do it again for the people. Like pull up the outro music and see if you can uh, continue to uh, work your for magic sure. here. Harrison. Wherever you consume podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever Anchor. Give us a rate, review, subscribe, boot up the LSU Basketball Podcast, and thank you very much. Tennessee coming up. Who else is after that? Florida. Big week for LSU. Boot up. See you next time. I'm very happy. I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. Well, Cody and Harrison, uh, two games into this SEC season, the Tigers are one and one, doing what they needed to do on Tuesday night to protect the home court. Uh, it's something I've always talked about. Uh, very important to win at home in this league and then try to steal some games on the road as things move on. LSU with a great crowd Tuesday night. I mean, they were really into the game. And uh, they really helped LSU, I thought, in the end, uh, win that game and uh, rattle Kentucky a little bit. Uh, The Wildcats leading by nine in the second half. It was the uh, sixth time this year that LSU has been behind by seven or more and uh, come back to uh, win uh, the game. Uh, Georgia Tech, they were down by 15. Louisiana Tech down 13 and 9 versus Kentucky in the second half with uh, 13.06 remaining a 24-10 run to close the game. LSU uh, defensively did what they needed to do. They were uh, aggressive uh, 11 steals, double-figure steals for another game. It wasn't a high-scoring, flashy game, but it was a, a very blue-collar, grinded-out type win for LSU, and they hold another team below 40% from the field. They're now 10-0 and in games this year holding teams below 40% from the field. It's a great game coming up Saturday. Tennessee and LSU have had some very interesting games of late, and uh, this should be another great one, hopefully another big crowd on hand, 5 o'clock Saturday afternoon at the PMAC.